Welcome to the Mindful Fire Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast. My dad will be so grateful. See you next time on the Mindful Fire Podcast. Welcome to the Mindful Fire Podcast, where we explore living mindfully on the path to financial independence and beyond. I'm your host, Adam Cuello, and I'm so glad you're here. In today's episode, I'm joined by my friend, Colm Dolan, a former Googler and the founder of Publift, an ad tech business that helps online publishers build sustainable revenue streams. He's an ad ops veteran and a sports fanatic with a passion for self-improvement and creating a better life situation for all. In this episode, you'll learn how his company, Publift, came to be and how it all started from a conversation that he and I had seven years ago that kicked off his entrepreneurial and mindfulness journey. I've been blown away by what he's been able to achieve since then, and I'm really excited to have him on the episode to share with you today. In this episode, Colm and I explore the idea that entrepreneurship is actually a spiritual path and that there's so much learning and growth to be had from the challenges and ups and downs that come with being an entrepreneur. And Colm shares his thoughts on why it's so important to build structure into your day and why bookending his days with meditation and finding moments of mindfulness throughout his day allow him to deal with the ups and downs and the challenges that come from being an entrepreneur and running a business. And we learn how Colm is able to build this structure in his life, even while building a business and raising two boys and having a wife at home as well. And we hear how Colm has brought these ideas of mindfulness and personal growth and improvement into everything he does at his company and how he empowers his employees to learn, grow, have fun, and to become the best versions of themselves. Colm and I also talk a lot about values, how to figure out what your values are and how to check in with yourself to ensure that you're living in alignment with those values. And he shares how he does this within his company through one-on-ones, team meetings, big decisions, everything is aligned with their 11 core values. Colm also shares his thoughts on financial independence and how to be honest, he's not really that focused on financial independence, but rather focused on building a company where everyone can learn, grow and have fun. And Colm shares his top advice for those getting started with meditation and mindfulness. And he also shares his thoughts for those pursuing financial independence. And you'll hear the advice that Colm would give to his younger self. I really enjoyed this episode with Colm and I hope that you enjoyed as well. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, Colm. Thank you very much, Adam. It's absolutely fantastic to be on this podcast with you. And I'm very inspired by you all you've done in the last few years since we worked together at Google many, many moons ago. Yeah, that does feel like a really long time ago, doesn't it? Does indeed. Does indeed. The original young fella. Oh, that's right. That's right. Some good times we had. So I'd love to start the podcast by having you share with the audience a little bit about who you are and what you've been up to in the world. Yeah, thanks very much, Adam. Yeah, I'm I'm a founder. I'm an ad, ad tech founder. I am a dad, two young boys, uh, one and a half and, and four years of age, which keep me very busy. I suppose my, my journey really has uh, actually involves you. When uh, you visited Sydney, Australia, where I live at the moment, your part inspired me on the road down meditation and in, in starting a business. I think it's about seven years 
years ago now since you were actually here and at the time I wasn't enjoying the the, the job I did and I always thought about having a startup or I know this new is a a problem in the ecosystem in the publisher ecosystem but you always need a push sometimes and you push from some some of your friends as well so i've been working as an entrepreneur for for nearly seven years now and, and built a, a successful business that is a, a global outreach and, and global audience so i suppose it's actually the exact same time i started meditating with your help as well so i owe a depth of, of gratitude to you and two things have quite intertwined over the last couple of years that I really think an entrepreneurial journey is, is very much a spiritual journey as well because it's a very hard route to go down and it tests your mental resolve, tests your, your skills. You've a lot of ups, you've a lot of downs. The the ups are never as good and the downs are never as bad, but it's a very much roller coaster ride that you really need to have severe mental focus. And the thing about starting a business is that you not only do it for yourself, but you're doing it for a lot of other people. And it's a big responsibility that a lot of my team have mortgages they have young kids and if you make bad decisions it's going to impact on them so there's a lot of constant worry and constant try and reinforcement that it's going to all work out so all the the attributes of of meditation and mindfulness and being in the present moment and giving everything to to your team is is so so crucial and i I feel really thankful and and blessed that it's tested the depth of my character like no end being an entrepreneur and it's a hard route to go down but with a lot of problems you create a lot of growth and, and a lot of learning about yourself and i think as well when when you when you go down that journey you get influenced by a lot of similar people that have gone down that journey so it's like when you hear that quote a lot you are the average of the five people you hang around with so if you start hanging around with other entrepreneurs or other people seeking financial freedom that puts you on another stratosphere in terms of your 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 questioning things a lot more and you're questioning why are you on this planet why are you on this earth like the, the way you have to you do your mission statement and all that kind of stuff in, in business. You also do a mission statement nearly for yourself. What are your values? When you're doing values for a business, you're doing values on yourself. Where do you want to be in five years? And sometimes when you work, when I worked in, in a corporate life, I, I may not think about that because I'm just thinking about punching in numbers and going home and spending time and you don't, you shut off. Whereas having your own business, you're always thinking about, oh, how can I have more impact? How can I have more impact on the customer? But how can I have more impact on myself as well and to the to the overall world? So yeah, that's, that's what I'm kind of currently doing, Adam, at the moment. I'm really interested in having an impact on people's lives or really focusing on our, our customers as well and have an impact on, on their lives. And I, I suppose I'm really motivated by an obsession with, with self self-improvement to improve the life situation of myself and for my team members to improve my consciousness to improve every aspects of of health and and well-being really and to to have just a happy fruitful life really so thinking back to when you started the business it's so awesome to me to see what you've created in the seven years since we had that dinner together when i was in sydney you know we were hanging out with your girlfriend now wife neither of us had kids and we're just enjoying some portuguese chicken and talking about life and how i was getting really really into meditation and just to see what you did just 
I think three weeks later, you quit your job and started this company. And it's become, you know, an award winning company getting all sorts of awards for innovative companies and the workplace that you've created. I'd love to hear just a little bit more about that journey, right? What was it like when you were first starting the business? And as you progressed, like, how did you lean on your mindfulness practice to build it into what it is now? Yeah, I suppose to give you a background there as well, like, I think you're, you're the final kind of push I really needed. Because before I started the business, I, I was working at another startup, which they lost their Series B round investment, and I was I needed to get out of there. It, the business was winding up, and I had a, a time period. And but but I I questioned myself having gone from a corporate business like Google. I spent a lot of time at Google, and then um, another business in Australia, Telstra, and then I went to a startup, and I I really failed failed miserably. I couldn't sell to 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 anyone. Um, what, what we were selling it was a, an ad tech kind of product as well and my mental resolve was gone my confidence is at an all-time low I, I said to myself right do I need to go back into the comforts of corporate so I went I remember vividly going for interviews with Twitter with Facebook with Critio and I couldn't get an interview for love nor money like I couldn't I couldn't get past that stage obviously I had good on my resume it looked good that I worked for Google and that kind of stuff but I just couldn't I had no self-confidence at the time and I, I was literally about to just go oh maybe I'll just go home or I had got this new girlfriend at the time and and you kind of came and said well yeah why don't you do do this because I had always in the back of my mind of maybe starting something and you kind of gave me the confidence to just give it a go but I was at a low element and I just had nothing to lose and that's the kind of key factor in anything of this and I think as well you know a lot of people that, that go starting businesses it's very hard when you you are in the comforts you know this well in the comforts of google in the comforts of these corporate places it makes you very hard to leave you have you always got your stock plan invest in next year they might give you a few more they might give you a promotion and then you're thinking job security all this kind of stuff but um and if i if i still had all that kind of things in place maybe i wouldn't have made the leap so it's very much a circumstance kind of stuff but getting back to your question then i just thought i'd give you a bit of background to what made me make that decision it was tough the first six months were very tough because i was you're in our apartment we rented out a room and my apartment to, to my buddy and he came in and stayed with us for for six or nine months my wife had a good job at the time so she was supporting us but I maxed out my credit card six months I remember having three clients for for six months I, I got one client and then snowballed to a second client and it kind of I wouldn't say it was a long time taking off but once I started getting a, a bit of traction there was it was a problem that needed to be solved. And I, I got a lot of energy from that. And I got a lot of energy from maybe winning those those couple of clients at the start. But it, it was looking back on it, an incredible time, an incredible test of character because you've got your your family concerned about you going out and starting a, a business yourself. You've got your friends thinking, oh. Uh, this this person has built up a good image he's worked at google and, and now he's just doing doing a kind of startup and you, your your character gets questioned so you're and you question yourself and you say have i got the, the appetite for this at all do i have what am i trying to really do here and then you start getting a, a small bit of wins and a small bit of success 
and then it's like, okay, well, right. I think there's an opportunity to, to build something here, uh, to, to, to build a business. And then at that stage, later on in that year, um, I, I, I had a really good relationship with a, um, a, my business partner at this stage, but he was a, a friend of mine from Google back then. He worked in the Dublin office with me and I reached out to him and actually met him in Bali in, in August of when is that 2014 maybe at this stage and I said I've started this business in Australia it's going pretty well but I need you over here because I can't do this on my own I was good at sales and, and negotiation but not very good from the technical aspect of what we needed to do so once I, I got commitment from him he moved over in March of, of the following year so then uh, I remember the Christmas time that before that I had about five or six or maybe even seven clients at, at that time so there was a business model there and there was it could be successful if the right things kind of went at that time and so all those at all those times really I, I think meditation and mindfulness I'm not too sure at that time was I doing that much of it to be honest with you it was all about keeping my head above water and you're so focused about just building the business side of the business and making a financial model that would work uh, without I was just about scrimping on you know paying for daily activities and paying your rent and doing all that kind of stuff but after that I think it's when Tobin came over we hired our first employee we got an office and that was around 2015 and, and I had been running the business myself and then we rebranded and, and came up the name Publift around August 2015 so that was a very exciting time when we had I think about two, three other employees at the time, maybe two employees at the time. And it was around that time really that you started to kind of say, oh, what is this business about? What what am I doing this for? And you start to read about getting your mission statement and your values. And, and then I would say then the real spiritual journey for, for me kind of started, I suppose, in being an entrepreneur because reasons you become an entrepreneur is because you, you have a problem to solve. I think I was at desperation level, but a lot of entrepreneurs kind of start a business because they're pissed off with something and they want a solution to it. And it could be a personal solution for for something that it just really annoys them. And you have to really be very annoyed before uh, starting a business, especially getting away from, from the comforts. But then in, in, in starting the values of the business, why are you doing it? You have to share your vision to the rest of the team. You have to try and convince people to join your business. Why should they join your business rather than Canva down the road that is, is given much more salary? Uh, so you have to say to them, right, we want to build this platform. We want to have this many clients. We want to help customers because they're really in need of this. At that journey, and then you start reading some, some business books and the business books are very much about come from a spiritual kind of landscape, I would say. And it's when you're reading those business books and then you're kind of doing a bit of meditation on the side and you see the similarities and then you say, right, well, what I, I realized then my goal in life was not about making money, really. I, I don't really care about making money. I'm, I'm more motivated by making an impact on people's lives. And then you look at some books and say, okay, well, think about you when you die. It sounds kind of morbid, but when you die and you have your, your eulogy written out, what do you want to be known to be? 
and I suppose when I think about those kind of things, I want to be, I want to have a big impact on the world. I want to big impact on people's lives. I'm often referred to as a sponge. I'll take stuff in, I'll learn, and then I'll regurgitate it and, and, and teach people a lot about what I've learned. So that's the biggest thing for for young people in the business is I'll teach them more about what has worked for me from experiences about, oh, mindfulness has made a big impact in my life. Um, this, I think it could really help you. Visualizations have made a big impact on my life. This is how, how I see it could help you. So all of those things have intertwined with starting the business, really. And that has led to uh, the, the focus within the business and the, the culture within the business. And I suppose it stems as well from when I was working at, at Google or other corporates and that I knew what i didn't like and, and and didn't want the business to be about. I wanted people to have autonomy to make decisions and a culture where people could grow and learn and could have fun as well. I think that was that was that was crucial. And that kind of was was influenced again, as I said earlier, you start hanging around with people who are entrepreneurial, who you're getting advice from people on how to run businesses. And then you realize that some people have different goals than you. And you just go, right, well, I'm on my own kind of journey here in the business. And it's the same with life. You're on your own kind of journey. Something that works for someone else is not going to necessarily work for you. But it's having the balls to make those decisions as well to just go, actually, maybe this is a lifestyle business I want. Maybe it's you know and maybe it's maybe it's not <laughs> it's up and down it's like i i could have i'm i refer to myself as a walking contradiction sometimes i could have one idea maybe six months ago said oh definitely I'll sell the business yeah just make as much money as possible i'm sick of it two days later go oh i love this business i never want to sell this business <laughs> you know? so it's, it's it's up and down like that and i suppose it's like your life in, in a way you have kind of thought processes that say i want this journey i want, I want that journey and it, it's really just figuring yourself out and, and that's what i love about running the business and doing that because it's given i'm so grateful it's given me the opportunity to to test my resolve and really find out what i i kind of want in life so column i really like this idea that you mentioned of the path of entrepreneurship as a spiritual path. Tell me, is there one or a couple of experiences that really brought that idea to your mind and, and kind of where you really saw the similarities in those two things? Yeah, so many examples, really, I think. Some examples dealing with people. You know, we've been in a situation where we've made a lot of mistakes. We've hired some wrong people for the business and that affects us, but it also affects the, the person as well. So we, our recruitment process was wasn't robust enough, wasn't the, in the right way. And we, we hired some bad people. And with that, you, you sometimes have to move these people on. It's the best interest of the business. And it's probably best for them as well. You don't want to pe see people struggle. But in, in doing that, I remember the first person that we um, had to essentially fire. And it was a big, big ordeal. There was many nights of, of worry and anticipation of this because you feel really, really bad. And this tests your mental resolve. So sometimes there's this trouble sleeping. So you need to you need to have something. You need to have your spiritual journey, whatever that may be, whether it's meditation, whether it's playing pool, table tennis, playing the piano whatever that is or going for a walk in the evening you need to follow a process and you need to have a structure to your day like at the moment the structure of my day is really get up 
play with the kids, get them ready for, you know, they go to daycare or get, get them ready. And then I have my meditation time for, for half an hour. And then, I, and then I cycle to work to the office normally. Then at nighttime, it's again, it's play with the kids and do all that kind of stuff and have a bit of downtime meditation and, and, and go to bed. And if I break that cycle, you know, if some nights you're out and do things like that, which, which happens, you can then go down that stream of thinking too much about things. And during the last few years running the business, you, you have to really improve and balance all those different parts of your life. Because if you don't, things will consume you. And I've learned the hard way that all of those things like just maybe firing someone like that, it consumes you and you get into endless streams of thinking, what's going to happen to the rest of the team? What, what are they going to think? What's going to happen to that person? Are they going to have a bad reaction? Is, is it a bad decision? And if you have those kind of things going on in your brain all, all the time, it's not very good because you it's how you come across the team, see you being worried that team see you being vulnerable and that's fine i think it's very important to have a vulnerable kind of stage but it can work against you that you're not performing at your your best so those types of situations are so important and you double down on the mindfulness strategy and again there's, there's all those things that come up from a, a strategic point of view maybe there's a new competitor a competitor takes your your client like we lost a client last week that i've been working with for six years and i was devastated and again it's i'm better at, I, i've seen the improvements in me better able to manage it now i haven't thrown the toys toys out of pram and gone mental you know i've actually been calm and said what can we learn from this what can we learn this is a great opportunity to learn whereas previously i would have went crazy and maybe blamed someone so again that is testing your resolve and testing your mental side and every every business book I've I've read, you know the, the famous ones, how to win friends and influence people. You know, there's a lot of different kind of business books, the sales books. Recently, I've read. It's all goes back to the fundamentals of consciousness and mindfulness. It's being present in the moment. Listen to the person you're speaking with. Being totally there with, with that person. And then it goes back to the goals and the settings that, that you have in the business and goes into laws of attraction, visualization. You know, these things will, will happen for you if you look at them. And I think the, the big thing that I've tried to really work on is that, you know, it's all, it's all going to work out in the end, you know, and, and just have that in the back of my mind. You have, and you have so many setbacks in being an entrepreneur. Every week there's a setback. Every week there's a, there's a landmine around the corner and it's your ability to be able to master those landmines. And, and that's, it's a real struggle. It's still a constant struggle. But if you don't have structures in place that allow you to stop that constant thinking, because it can consume you and it has consumed me in the past, it probably will again, but it's just about uh, trying your best to let it not. Yeah, that's really interesting. It is all about kind of coming back again and again, and just realizing that, yeah, even if you've developed some sort of capacity of resilience, of mindfulness, it's a lifelong process, right? Like you're going to find yourself getting uh, stressed out or overwhelmed or short tempered, right? It happens to me all the time. I'll literally get up from meditation, go upstairs and my wife will say something to me that triggers me and I'll react even though I was just meditating. Right. And so I think it's I, important I, to realize I've that, been you know? the same. Yeah. I've been the same and I can understand that. And I think that's the thing I've noticed is that you say to yourself, right, I'll put the meditation in, but then you need to practice the mindfulness during the day. Mm. You need to, if someone, and we go into fight or flight mode, you know, if someone kind of 
like your wife does something to you like that or like some colleague says something to you that tricks it off you need to be able to just go breathe and take five minutes and just go actually and at the end of the day everyone is trying their best you know everyone is doing the best in this world and if you have that kind of attitude it's really really important and it's it's again going back to the attitude of which I really struggle with because I have this obsessive nature to improve all the time and I, I think I have this things of this is the way the world should be it should be lined up this way and I find it very hard to understand that it okay well this is the way it is and you just have to deal with it so having things in place to kind of help you help you do that or is is difficult yeah yeah I really like the point you make about having that structure to your day as kind of a support system for building that mindfulness building that resilience that helps you throughout your day. Um, And I'm wondering, you know, having two small kids, how have you managed to do that? Because I found since uh, my son Carter was born, it's been extremely difficult to keep that routine steady. I think it's all about priorities. And I'm just after coming out of it now because our youngest Luke is, is a year and a half and it's getting a bit easier because before that there was a lot of up during the night and not that I was up that much during the night. My, my good wife does that most of the time, but it's just about making sure that your mindfulness strategy is part of your, is the number one priority that you have and you can't take too much on. And in a working environment, when you're taking too much on and going from meeting to meeting and being busy all the time it creates this and from my experience kind of constant adrenaline and you're going you're doing deals you're making sure someone is happy you're hiring someone you're doing all these kind of things and you're going from one to another there is zero downtime so then when you get home there is just like okay i have to go to a different frequency to family frequency and that's very difficult to go from this frequency down to that frequency or whatever. I don't fully understand, but that's the way I look at it. And that's, you're trying to be present with your kids, but then you're thinking, oh, is that deal going to close? Is, is that person going to sign? Is that customer, are they happy now? Oh, I wonder, should I have done that differently? But if my calendar during the day, if there's time to refocus and clear your head a small bit without that constant meeting, 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 it's, it's very important. Like that's the most crucial thing I would say is to not let it build up. And even small things like you go to the toilet and the natural thing is to bring your phone. Oh, what can I check on the toilet when I'm in the toilet? It's some email or something like that. So the strategies I kind of have are I don't have any I don't have any social media. The only thing I use is LinkedIn. I don't have any email or work stuff on my phone. So I, I try to stay away from that. And I'm, I'm trying to be a bit more mindful during the day. Like if I have a spare two minutes in going to the toilet or something like that, just kind of have a few deep breaths and just let the, the, the buildup of energy and, and adrenaline dissipate and you, you become a bit more centered. And that's so much so hard. That is really, really very hard. And it's a constant battle. And I think the the phone definitely is, is a constant struggle of mine. Some weekends I don't touch my phone and have a great weekend. And it, it's hard because then some people are trying to contact you or uh, different things like that. But when you don't have that as your kind of crutch, if you're staying present with your kids, you just have to, in answering to your question, you just have to block a lot of things out of your life and be happy with that. Like I try and not watch the news too much because I don't have that much influence on all it, especially the world at the moment is just a lot of worry. 
that that builds up in you and you start to get angry at the world and you start start to get oh it should be this way it shouldn't be that way it's like well there's not much i can do about it and that is the, the way it is and sometimes that makes conversations with people easier or more interesting because you're asking oh what's going on in the world you know then you just get get educated from from different people so and and, and you, you can only do a few things right as well i suppose the, you kind of the one thing i always think is is health is very important so i i, I eat very well and maybe fitness hasn't been as good with with the kids but again it's about making headspace the priority and try and get as little as you can into your head like definitely not the the smartest tool in the shed so i i try and limit the amount of information i have coming in that means you know not not being as as connected in the world not the social media has worked wonders for me uh, personally and it's just from my experience the last four or five years i haven't really been on facebook or uh, twitter those kind of um social media because i just think it's more influx of information that that i need but it has to be a priority and you have to really say that the rewards you're getting from having a clear headspace and a healthy mind far outweigh anything else that you can do because everyone wants the best for their children and the best thing i can have for my children is that i am present and there with them because i've experienced when i'm beside my phone and checking my phone and when you have your son say to you oh get off your phone daddy like that's that's a pretty you'll put down your phone if your if your if your kid says that to you you know and that i've experienced that and it's not a, a good way to be so i try and and there's been there with your kids and there's been really really there so it, you you have to try and really focus about well for me try and really really be there but you know it's easier said than done and sometimes you know um i was out for dinner on friday night and had a couple of glasses of wine and the next day i was definitely stayed up till 12 o'clock was up at six you know you just, just didn't get enough sleep and you're you're a bit ratty and you're a bit you're you're not as well there. So sometimes you fall off the the edge of it and it's not going too crazy, but it definitely affects you. It affects you the, the next day. But I think that's a what I'm working on myself is like, you know, that's a bit of a poor excuse to just say, Oh, I didn't get enough sleep and, and had a few glass of wine, so my head isn't feeling that good. So I'll just naturally not be that present. But it's going past those kind of times and trying to be as present as you can in those difficult times that that make the difference because there's plenty of times I've had very little sleep I've had two hours sleep and I've gone into work and had a fantastic day at work just because I'll focus and and knuckle down yeah I think there's a a lot there uh, in kind of a couple things that stood out to me Uh, first is just how you've prioritized that time to practice meditation um, both at the beginning and at and at the end of the day and and even finding those two minutes here and there throughout the day it sounds like you really think about that as kind of like a, a reset or kind of like a flushing out of the buildup of information of stress of worry of meeting 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 right and just using that as kind of like a flushing out of the system is that kind of what you're saying yeah 100 percent. and look i am no angel here adam you know this doesn't work out every day for me every day is a, a new day especially i think it's only been the last two months where i've been pretty vigilant on the one hour per day meditation and i've also been doing a couple of meditation courses i think when you've gone 
over the last like six or seven years, my meditation journey started out from a very low base and continued for a very low base for a good while, sporadic meditation. But then as you're getting better, it's very interesting to understand the, the theory and the theory about the chakras and theory about uh, the mind versus yourself and being a witness and all that kind of good stuff that get you on to the next level. Because then it's you think you're getting a bit of a psychology degree uh, and just finding out more about yourself and finding about more about even your your childhood and your upbringing and what people would say to you and say oh you should you should be doing this you should get a college education you should do this you should do that and it's the the parent versus child in you that's the the constant battle but it's just understanding that and you know walking down the street saying to yourself oh I'm thinking now okay just being able to understand that you're thinking now is massive massive progress then personally where I was a, a few years ago but um, getting back to your question really it's not I try to do it every day the hour meditation sometimes it doesn't work out especially at the weekends where you kind of naturally you're I think psychologically sometimes you you eat a bit worse I know do I do myself you maybe just go oh it's the weekend I don't have to do the meditation and even this weekend I didn't do any meditation and this morning I did a 30 minute one and it was definitely not as good as, as previously but very good to, to do it and you you get back into it again but it's it, you always have these little hurdles that you're trying to improve and and, and increase and I think taking the couple of minutes each day to between meetings or something like that is something I'm nowhere near there because there's there's a lot of days where I just forget totally about about doing that but it, it definitely is I, I know when it, when I do it and it's sometimes important when you get in that fight or flight mode if you get in an argument with someone I'll notice it myself I'll just go oh actually yeah I've learned something here I know how to I know how to deal with this now you know and you just go okay take a step back and that's at those moments you get so much confidence in yourself and you go wow I've made I've made incredible strides here that I'm able to do that yeah I totally agree I mean I think it's really really powerful when you start to just notice the thoughts notice the story that's going through your head all the time, right? Like I really resonated a lot with what you were saying about the way that things should be, right? Like there's some right way that things should be and it's either I'm not doing it that way or the world is not that way. And so if only it was that way, everything would be great, you know? So I have thought a lot about that and, and meditation has really helped me to notice that story that I have and that there's like, I'm explaining myself in my own head. I'm like explaining myself to be like, look, look, I'm doing it the right way, you know, and, and just noticing that gives me a degree of freedom, right? I'm observing and I don't need to be completely bought in and believe every single thing I think. And that gives me a lot of freedom to look at things that happen, right? I gave the example earlier of I'll be sitting in meditation and come upstairs and then get triggered by my wife or something that happens with my son or whatever. I have a tendency to get pretty defensive uh, when, when something happens. I'm like, no, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. But even when I react very, very quickly, I realize that's not who I want to be, right? That's not how I should have reacted, right? And I'll go and I'll say, hey, look, sorry, I was being a jerk. Like five minutes later, that would have taken me like two weeks before if I even was willing to acknowledge it, right? And so just that type of
type of self-awareness, both in the moment, but also just like overall of like, you know, how am I showing up? Is that how I want to be showing up? And just checking in and trying to keep that in alignment is kind of constant work, but also quite cool when when I start to find times that it does happen. Yeah, uh, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And I think it's uh, about not being too hard on yourself as well and just see the, the many kind of things that you're improve on and see how are you now versus this time last year you know even or this time last month to see those small kind of games and, and there's times when you'll go back into being not there or, or in, in your thinking brain but it, it's about not being too hard on yourself as well I think and just taking it day by day it's a, it's a new day today and you can't do anything about the past anyway so you might as well just focus on the present and and, and how you show yeah Totally, totally agree. That's a really great story. And I really like how you talk about finding your own values, right? Developing self-awareness over what you care about, what your purpose is and what your values are so that you can kind of move your life in that direction. I'm curious as to how that kind of came about for you. And if there are any specific practices that you'd recommend to the audience to start thinking about that in their own life. Yeah, sure. I think it's it's very hard in when you're working in a nine to five job and you potentially have kids and you potentially have other requirements to actually get a bit of time to think. And it goes back to the life we live in at the moment where a lot of people are constantly checking social media, checking the news, and you don't actually take a step back and, and to really kind of think. So in starting the business when you have to create a set of values that you abide by it gets you time to th- to think and step back and I, I can't remember what book i was reading at the time or what influenced me but it was basically like googling the, the values of of businesses and how they came about doing this so it wasn't any rocket science but then it goes back to like what are your real values as a person and then it goes back for me it went back to my childhood like my, my parents ran a bed and breakfast in the west of Ireland. The values that they had, they, I remember vividly my, my dad he could have overcharged someone by two pounds and he would have drove 30 miles to give the money back. <laughs> you know, these are transparency and doing the right thing and constantly times of customer service, I suppose, when someone would be up at maybe... 12 o'clock and they would be they wouldn't be in time for for breakfast and my dad would make them breakfast anyway and just be totally nice about it because he's the nicest person in the world but these are things that is ingrained in you and ingrained and it comes out when when you're starting a business like this and you really want to focus on that and then you have some great young people like yourself adam you know when when you started at google you know i i really wanted you to to develop into being a great person first of all and it's the same with the young people here in the business i just want them to to learn have fun and grow and, and if that's a publift great if it's not great you know the, the number one focus is, is for people to grow and when practically when you go through that you get like a lot of energy from it and you get so much enthusiasm into the business that you're like oh we can create a real difference here and if i can learn more about what's good in life and and trying to make people happy and enjoying the the craftsmanship of the work rather than the end result 
you know, you look at a carpenter and what, how they make something and how they fine tune it. Like a big thing for me is efficiency. Like I love being efficient in, in everything we do in the business, but home life. And it's about like, I want people to work nine to five maximum and less if possible because you get to spend more time with your friends. You spend more time with your family, more time doing hobbies rather than, excuse me, having to work. But I found work was an ability for me to be able to bring out my spiritual teaching to, to other people or bring out my values. And what other, if my purpose in life was to have a really big impact in the world and help people improve themselves and live happier, healthier lives. You know, I've, I've had a lot of mental health issues in, in, in our family, like a, a cousin of mine committed suicide at 25, which is so sad, you know, and it's just like he was a, a really good friend of mine as well. And you just see how people suffer. And if there's any platform like this, even our discussion now, if there's any platform that invigorates someone and, and says, look, I, you know, I can have an impact in the world or I can uh, do that or I can help, help people out in, in some kind of way, well, then we're doing, doing a great job because mental health is such a, so important. And we're seeing it these days that, that people are really suffering at the moment. And it's going back to that structure of the day and having those things in place. And like, we're back, we're lucky enough, we're back in the office here the last couple of months. And it's, it's really been great because we have a lot of young people that like being part of a family, like being part of a bit of a tribe. And that's very important. Those social aspects as well are really important. And it's the, the things that checking in with people, how are you doing today? Are you, are you okay? Are you getting enough rest? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you getting enough exercise you doing exercise this week yeah don't worry about that client make sure you're getting exercise you know that's that may be wrong but you know I'm, I'm really focused about making sure that people have, have have the right tools to go about that and if we're the values i have in the business like we've 11 values in the business one of them is consciousness healthy headspace another is efficiency family spirit these kind of things but they're all i think trying to improve as as a person and that resonates with the customer that's going to make more revenue save time for a customer us being more reliable to the to the customer and it's about having autonomy to improve a process for instance talks about craftsmanship if we're building a, a kind of product that they're building the the best product fit for the customer it mightn't be the the best product but the the, the customer is gaining the most out of it and it's like that if you have that customer first kind of mindset how can you have the most impact on the customer well you can do that for yourself really because you're kind of like how can I have the most impact on my life and it's about having that headspace to, to be able to to think and really go well where is my life going what do I want to do because anything is possible you can achieve anything in your life if you just focus on it really yeah I really like this idea of being clear on your values and really infusing all the actions that you take with those values, right? It sounds like you have those values kind of well agreed upon within the company and everyone's bought into that. How do you check in to see if you all, you and your team are living those values? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think one of the things I remember having a, friend, a discussion with my friend about a year and a half ago, and I was saying like, look, I'm down the spiritual path and I really love it. And I think I can have more impact on the world, like doing 
doing something else. Maybe I should quit Publift and do this kind of stuff. And he said, why don't you just intertwine the two of them? So that's what I've kind of done. I've, I've kind of said, right, well, let's just, and as we get bigger, hopefully it, it might provide a platform where, you know, it could be an Oprah telling, telling Oprah <laughs> how, how I'm trying to do this in business and how I'm trying to impact people's lives as well and, and for the greater good. So maybe there's an opportunity to, that, to do that. But in creating the values, we have gone through a lot of iterations of values. The latest one was about three months ago during the lockdown, actually, in, in, in Sydney, that we kind of refocused the business and we kind of said, look, what are we doing here? What's the value we're creating for our client and what do we want as a team? So the values were created by the team. It wasn't me. Um, it was actually, we did about a two-month intensive two-hour session a week where we discussed all of these values and uh, put them down on paper and, and, and discussed them. Started off with 20 or 30 and whittled down to 11. So and, and then from that, they've really started to intertwine in the business. And we actually use we, we our one-on-one -on -one template now uses these 11 principles and saying, right, the number one is delivering service. And, and we're, we're kind of like, oh, well, how have we delivered service in the last couple of weeks? You know, how, how where would you see you're at with that? Uh, have you a healthy mindset? So it's, it's driving that accountability within the business is, is very important. And we're incorporating it now into 360-degree feedbacks. And so it's all based on, on, on the values in the business. And then when the decisions, and this is practical, when decisions have to be made about um, a certain product or something happens with the customer, we make a mistake and um, it makes the customer decrease their revenue by a couple of grand. Like what does our value say? Our values, we totally uh, have trust and transparency in our DNA. So that means we tell them exactly what it is and then we just go, well, I think this is the right thing to do we'll give the money back or we do whatever, but it's all goes back to that stems from the values in the business. And values to me in the business aren't just things kind of written down. They have to just be like, it all goes back to practical examples. And we've done that in our um, weekly team meetings as well. We've given examples of where we've shown our values or we did something on vulnerability or something like that and went around the room and tell me about a time when you've been vulnerable. So all those kind of things, you have to live and, and breathe it. And that's my biggest role I have is to, to always make sure people are um, aware of that and that's the problem with scaling up the business as well you know we've got about 25 in the business now we're probably going to go expand into Europe next year um, and get more people into the business then but it's about how we do that and it's a big kind of challenge but again it goes back to giving people autonomy and giving people the ability to say oh should we change our values are the values correct and, and be constantly kind of asking that and as well as that i'm pretty proud that we implemented profit share this quarter for the first time and that has given people pure autonomy in the business that they can kind of go well should we spend this money here on something well that's going to impact our, our bottom line and all, all those kind of things people can see why the values are in place because one of the values is building a sustainable business model you know is can we go down some other product avenue that is going to sustain our business and to sustain the lives of our customers because we've got over 230 customers now so we have to make sure that our business is intact and stay at cutting edge technology for them to thrive and our mission statement and vision is basically to uh, allow publishers to to thrive and survive for a long time so it, it's built into that yeah so it sounds like the the values are really in everything you do and I've been trying to align myself with my values. I'm pretty clear on my values, personal values, learning and growing, creating opportunity for myself, my family and others, 
building connection between myself and others and by bringing others together. Those are the things that give me immense energy and that I want to be spending my time on. And I've been trying to build the habit of really checking in, checking in and seeing how much I am or am not doing that in my work, in my life. Um, and there are many ways that I am. And then there are many areas where I could be doing it more. And so I really like that you have that within your one-on-one -on -one template, within your team meetings, the way that you make decisions, the way that you incorporate the team in making those decisions and really giving them ownership literally with profit sharing and figuratively with the values and the whole thing uh, to really embody and live those. And so I think that's really, really cool. Another thing I really like and would love to hear a little bit more about is how you think about using this entrepreneurial path to develop and make the, create the impact that you want to create on the world, right? Because I've had this thought a lot as well. As you mentioned, I am very uh, attuned to the comforts of corporate America. I have gotten quite comfortable and many times in my career, I thought that I needed to leave Google and I needed to leave a corporate safe job and take a risk as an entrepreneur to truly make an impact and to develop into the person I wanted to be. And to some degree, I really still do want to be an entrepreneur, but I've found that I am an entrepreneur right? I don't need to wait until some future time when I quit my job to be an entrepreneur. I can be an entrepreneur right now. And I can live in alignment with my values right now within my job at Google with this podcast, which I can do on the side. And that's entrepreneurial in itself. I'd really love to hear more about how you think about your work as the ground with which to build your self-awareness, your skill, your leadership skills, and, and to create the impact that you want to create in the world. Yeah, I suppose it's like we have 25 team members. We've got 230 clients. We've got now, I suppose, the big focus of my, my part of the business is not too much day-to-day, -day, but it's, it's kind of PR, it's, it's people, and, and it's strategy. And so if, if I can create you know, one of the best places to work in the lit, in the world for people. If we can have structures in place, like I'm, I'm pretty, I look at Basecamp and what they've done and the founder, Jason Fry, and, and like the, those guys are just incredible what they've done. And I, they pioneered kind of the tech kind of self-funded kind of startup. They, they had profit share for a while with their employees. They pay their employees incredibly well. We actually had a, the, the head of strategy give us advice on, on product strategy and we've incorporated the jobs to be done philosophy in our product strategy. So th that was really, really useful. And, and I, I get really enthusiastic about companies like Southwest Airlines, which a lot of their values are underdoing the competition and being profitable from, from where it go. And it's not about just looking for an exit for, for Publift. It's about creating like it's a self-funded business so not answerable to anyone else you can just do what 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 we think is the, is the best way to go down obviously you've got responsibility to your clients and to the the, the team but but that's it so you, you can create this kind of journey and i can use this as a as a platform to share my experiences i never want to share a gospel and say this is what you should do all i can say is this is what has worked out for me and my team and i want to create incredible wealth for our team i want to create autonomy i want them to have fun i often thought about going out and maybe doing um 
you know, being a, an advisor or, or being a consultant to, to companies and, and let them do it. And, but again, you're, you're, you're kind of saying, this is what you should do. This is what you should incorporate in a business. But if I have a working example, because most of the time you spend most of your time at work, really, that's what most of the population do. So if you can create an environment where your work is, is fun and invigorating and you can share that with the rest of the world, well, maybe it's a, it's an impact that, that other companies can have that that they can go well there's a lot of businesses already doing this it's give autonomy to to employees you know i've got so many friends that just are punching in the numbers at work go to work and they say lockdown is great because they can just do like two hours a day you know <laughs> because they don't have to do much more work and but their, their brain maybe isn't getting challenged enough in, in those kind of environments so Maybe it's a change in, in what we kind of, I can, I can maybe foster a change in, in, in the doing that. And maybe we create different products, maybe you create different, going to different industries or something like that, 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 that you can create that, that change as well. So look, I'm, I'm not really too sure to be honest with you, Adam, I'm just trying to, to, to improve myself and try to do the best the way I think it is. And if that's an opportunity to teach people the right way of, of doing things and take responsibility of their lives. And that way, uh, maybe you can create a bit of PR about being on this podcast with you about doing other similar type of podcasts that it's not all about making the most money possible that that seems to fuel corporate America. You know, it's not like I lived in America and I didn't like that when it was people judge you about where you went to school, people judge you about what social class you're in, much money you have like i don't have any care for any of that kind of stuff and maybe if there's more people creating businesses that share wealth with the team and share uh, it's not all about the end result like people ask me even the team asked me like what's the end result here colin what do you want to do and i kind of just go like look i'm still figuring it out but i'm just focused on trying to improve and trying to improve the value that we create for our customers is the most important thing and if we're adding value to your customers i want to add value to more customers so that means getting more customers yes but i want to do it in a conscious way and i want to make sure that every team member that we bring on this journey with us is adding value and they're adaptable they're changeable they're they're all the right values that we need to get us where we we want to go because if you have one bad egg on the bus it's sets the business totally back you know so recruitment is so important to to, to doing those kind of things so yeah i I don't know if I really answered your question about where where it can have the the, the impact on on the world, but I definitely think it's it's like maybe being a school teacher or something like that. If you have a lot of kids that come every year, you can have an impact and you can help help their lives. You know, I definitely I've written a few articles and I, I I wrote one article a few weeks ago about my constant struggle with digital screens and I make money through people clicking on ads. <laughs> So this is a constant battle with me. I'm trying to align the the spiritual kind of practice, not being on social media, not being on my phone, whereas I make money through that. Yeah, it's a total contradiction. Um, So, but if I'm not out there kind of saying, 
that it is like you, you maybe watch the social dilemma on Netflix. It's kind of scary what 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 is going on out there, and it's definitely like I I, de- I really do like to create a good user experience for the users of websites. I want to have a targeted advertisement that that works and adds value to their internet experience. I am not a big believer of big flashy ads and manipulation and getting revenue growth in the short term. It's about long term creation and on ongoing adding value and I, I definitely not an advocacy of spending more time online you know the average think person spends four hours online now like that's that's a lot you know if, if i'm using a business hat and i'm saying oh well that's great i want people to spend more online i, I don't I, I i definitely want people to be in, in, enjoying their life and being out in nature and doing all those good things rather than and spending too much time online like the internet has made massive efficiencies in our lives you know it's it's, it's you know previously you would have had to go to the bank to to do stuff you stand in line to get there now you can do it in a couple of minutes on, on your mobile phone for instance and it's been massively useful but i i definitely don't want to get totally obsessive with more money and more going through that i think it's it's not the right thing to do it goes goes back down to that back down to the values yeah so with regards to this idea of building wealth right this podcast is all about financial independence but creating a life that you love and pursuing financial independence in a way that you're doing it mindfully. You're not in a rush to get there. Uh, what does pursuing financial independence mean to you? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I suppose when you start the business, you, you definitely see this, the sun the sun and the stars and you you, you say, wow, incredible to have a couple of million dollars or sell the business or do those things like that. But what I found in in over the years is that you, the wealth I have created is not much in in my pocket anyway, that's for sure. Hopefully that's going to change. But it's definitely the, the wealth of friendships I've made. I know it sounds corny, but like I've, I've, I've incredible clients that are, are, are friends. You know, we lost a client last week and working with six years and they're still incredibly good friends because they i'm so grateful to them for giving us the opportunity when i was a small business starting out and then there's there's other partners there's people at, at google pubmatic rubicon all these kind of people are, are great people and you learn so much from them and then there's other entrepreneurs you kind of meet along the way and i can literally go to any city in the world basically i can visit a client i could visit um, a partner i could visit a competitor all this kind of stuff is just incredible. And that's 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 well to me. And on the, I, I've always kind of, I, I did a jobs to be done philosophy. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of the, the product philosophy jobs to be done. So it's basically revolving uh, around the job rather than a, a persona. So for instance, you uh, have an option to go for lunch. You could get a smoothie, you could get a sandwich or you could get a salad. So it all it's all about satisfying that, that job that you, you hire the product to do. So I kind of built that for myself and the jobs to be done philosophy I have is that I, I want to grow, I want to have an impact on anything I learned that I want to reciprocate that to the rest of my team and maybe the rest of my clients. But I also want to be able to be in a financial position to do whatever I want in terms of experience. So if Ireland are in the World Cup final, which I don't know will ever happen, but I want to be there. And if it costs me $50,000, I want to be there. So uh, those are the kind of things I, I like in life. Um, and and just to, to be able to experience 
any of that. I'm not a material possession kind of person. I fancy dinners. I, I prefer a, a home-cooked meal rather than anything else or a takeaway of Portuguese chicken is, is very good too. So I, I don't anyway think about spending money i don't have a flash car or it doesn't interest me any of that kind of stuff just experiences interest me and going out to visit you and, and your baby or something like that and having the financial independence to, to be able to do that is yeah something that i'd really um, focus on so it's I suppose when i started out it was just about getting a job that i that i enjoyed and it's still kind of a, a, about that and i think if you kind of focus on on the wealth creation side of things it's a bad angle to to focus on from from my experience because if i'm just thinking about the customer and creating more value for them the it's like what i say to the team you focus on the process you focus on refining the process and the structure rather than the the goals rather than the financial rewards rather than the end result so i don't really think about the financial independence or Sorry, uh, I know your podcast is about that, but I don't really think too much about that, to be honest with you, Adam. Right. It's, it sounds like you're enjoying the process, right? Like this idea of craftsmanship has come up a few times, right? Focusing on the process, honing your skills, getting better a little bit by little bit. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because I know that you fancy yourself a, a doer, right? Like you have an idea of what you want to create or what you want to do and you just go and do it. I have the idea and then I think about it a lot and then some more and then some more and then maybe I do some, right? And so, but I really do resonate a lot with this idea of craftsmanship and aspire. I'm an aspiring craftsman, uh, but I'd love to hear just how you think about that in, in improving yourself, right? Yeah, I think I, I'll go back to that other thing about it's about financial independence for one second. I just have a thought on that. It's not that I don't worry about like buying a house for my family or you know making sure that we're financially stable because i keep getting from my wife are we going to get money out of the business now and i say oh no we're just going to put some more money into the business and we'll be okay so i definitely have have worries about that and if the business kind of folded up in a couple of weeks time or something happened or there's some kind of change it's definitely a worry but again i suppose it just goes back into your headspace at the time and if you continue the process well you you'll get there in the end and it's that mindset of just it's all going to work out in the end and it's because I'm putting good energy out in the world. I'm being a good person and doing all that kind of stuff. But there's moments when, you know, something happens, some trigger point, you lose a customer or you kind of, someone is, is going to leave the business or your the product fails or competitor takes you two customers in two days or something like that. And you just go, oh shit, yeah, I'm really worried about this. But it goes back to that spiritual mindfulness again so that that's what i was going to say about that but in the the doing aspect i, I would just say adam i've yeah always had that I'm, I'm pretty stupid that i just don't think about too much things about too much and, and i lack a bit of foresight i would say so it can have positives and negatives so we've been guilty in the business of not planning things out and sometimes it works for us sometimes it doesn't and you just have to be comfortable in in, in making those mistakes because our as we scale up the business our processes and structures within the business currently are not where we want them to be at all they're pretty poor i would say so it, it's it's only in the last while that we've kind of tried to improve that or kind of say right it's about the process it's about the craftsmanship it's it's 
it's really only in the last six months when we've gone through that bit of a change with Publift 2.0 and figuring out our values and our, our, our product philosophy side of things. That's that's only been something that we've we've figured out in the last couple of couple of months really. So, but but myself and Tobin have always had doer kind of attitudes. So it it's always been part of we just roll up our sleeves and get things done. And that's to the detriment of scaling sometimes because we'll always come in and save the day and quench fires. If something's wrong with a customer, we'll come in rather than another team member dealing with it because we just know how to do it. And it's, it's always been, been the case. But I suppose, yeah, I just don't think about the repercussions of, of doing stuff and very impulsive, I would say. I, I'd say I'm very in tune with my intuition as well. And, you know, from meditation, kind of going into intuition, feelings, maybe feelings not as, as much for me but intuition if i have an idea if i have a thought emotional intelligence is high with me i will just go do it and i'll back myself and deal with the consequences if it's if it's wrong yeah that's that's interesting i've always known that about you and and just watching you build the business right from the very beginning right three weeks later you're like all right quit my job i'm doing this i'm like (laughs) what good on you um And I think for me, just like in starting things, right, this podcast, right, this is something that didn't exist this time last year. And there was a long period of time where I was thinking about doing it. And I have a tendency to jump ahead to what are all the things I'm going to need to know when it's this big podcast, right? And it's like, no one, it's not, it's literally not even a podcast yet. So why I negotiate your deal with Spotify, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. Like what is like, what am I worried about that, that far ahead? But what I found in doing this is that there's so much learning and growth that comes from just taking that step. And then that next step, reaching out to you saying, Hey, do you want to be on the podcast? Okay. Then we schedule it. Now we're doing it. Then it's going to come out on Tuesday, right? Like you take one step and then the next step becomes obvious. And if I take the time to take a step back and look at, oh, wow, look at all that I've done, right? I've had eight or nine episodes. I've, you know, gotten this much progress. I've learned how to do this, right? Like it's pretty cool. And that gives me energy and encouragement to keep going. And for me, that's really, really helpful. So I'm trying to be more of a doer. Um, That's really my, um, I'm in this program called the inner MBA. And I had to pick a like a learning goal. And my learning goal is I want to take more action in my life because of that thing, right? As I start to take the steps, I start to find new opportunities as I walk down the path. And so uh, it's, it's cool to get your thoughts on that. So let's shift gears into what I call the mindful fire final four. Uh, and so the first question is, what is your top tip for those getting started with meditation and mindfulness? I think it's always good to have uh, a buddy. Uh, you, you were my original buddy, but I I had another. I still have a, a buddy, Will, who, who who is down that that mindfulness path with me, and we we always kind of discuss it, you know, and keeping accountability. I think another thing is some great aspects. Um, apps out there like Headspace that give you those guided meditations and that's that's so important I think the the guided meditations at the start because you really don't know what you're doing and be very thankful to yourself for making the time to to do anything and I think it's starting off doing that will will spark something and everyone's on their own journey you know you can do yoga you can do mindfulness through eating you can do mindfulness through playing tennis you know this 
it's about doing those things that in, create your present moment. You know, like I think we spoke about Michael Jordan's documentary, The Last Dance. I've got um, Phil Knight's book on my, uh, my desk there that I'm going to read. I think Phil Knight, is that the name of the, the coach? Um, I said Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson. Sorry. Sorry. Um, so no worries. That, that was a guess. Incredible what, <laughs> what they were doing in, ter- in terms of um, mindfulness. But Jordan was just so in the now, so in the present moment. And that's what set him apart from everyone else. He wasn't consumed by the mind. So you can do it in all, all walks of life. You can stare at a flower, you know, do all this kind of stuff that is very interesting. And, and I think it's good to, if you're, if you get a bit of something out of it, reading some books like The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle, this kind of stuff. And, you know, it just set, it sets off different things in, in everyone's head. But I'd say that the, the apps like Headspace or Cam or these kind of stuff are really good tools, I reckon. And I'll also mention that I post guided meditations as well for free every other week. So this week we'll have a, uh, an interview, this one, and then next week we'll have a meditation and so on and so forth. So uh, definitely recommend getting started with Headspace. Um, that's been very, very helpful for many people, but also we have some available as well. Second question is, what is your top tip for those who are pursuing financial independence? I would say just go and, and do it. You know, if it's if it's hard to... I think you're doing a good approach though, Adam, to be honest with you. I think the, the side hustle is the, the best kind of approach because it, it keeps your kind of security and, 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 and build it to a stage of I'm an all-in kind of person. It's very black and white with me. But if you can do something where you're working and then you're doing your side hustle and then your side hustle becomes big enough that you don't have to work, that's an incredible amount of our clients to... A lot of our clients run kind of puzzle websites or coupon sites or something like that. And they would have been software engineers at a corporation. And then they just made so much money from AdSense that they went and did their own thing. Yeah, that's really definitely how I'm thinking about it. You know, I have my day job, which is providing the financial means to work towards financial independence, allows me to save and live a nice life without having to worry too much and invest and grow that. And at the same time, I'm able to explore these areas of of purpose and passion for me that are aligned with my values. You know, things like teaching search inside yourself within Google and leading meditations every Tuesday at Google and doing the podcast, right? So it's like the podcast is really my foray into, you know, what might I want to do after I retire early from Google, right? Do I, I think maybe I want to teach mindfulness. Let's talk to some people who teach mindfulness and see if they like doing it, right? And what are the pros and the cons? And and then talk to people who are just living life that uh, intentionally and what they're focused on, like you building this business, right? You're looking at building this business as a, a path of personal growth and development, right? And that's really what it's all about, right? Growing and learning and creating opportunity is certainly in my mind. And so how can I test the waters uh, while still uh, having that financial security? And then also, how can I bring more of that into my day-to-day work at Google, right? It doesn't need to be either or, right? I think you said that one of your friends said, why does it have to be one or the other? Why doesn't, why don't you bring both together? And so that's really what I'm trying to do. Uh, so the third question is, what advice would you give to your younger self? Um, what advice would I give to my younger self? Just remember that it's all going to work out in the end. And that's the advice I give to myself every day. It's all going to work out. Don't worry too much about the the small things. Perfect. And the final question is, how can people get in touch and find 
what you're working on online? LinkedIn is probably the best thing for that. It's the social media I use for, for the business and put out a, a good bit of stuff in, in there and what, what we're doing and what kind of focus on. So yeah, I think that's the best area. All right, good. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And I'll also link to your website, uh, which I be, believe is publift.com, right? Yeah, sure. And if anyone wants to reach me via email, my email's on LinkedIn, call them at publift.com. I'm, I'm happy to have a discussion or give advice anywhere or help anywhere I can. Very good. Well, this has been awesome, Colm. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much, Adam. And it's incredible what you're doing, the uh, the impact you're, you're having in doing those meditations every bi-weekly and, and this podcast. Um, fair play to you. It's, uh, it's great to see. And uh, the, the mindfulness path is definitely, uh, it's, it's a fantastic way to do it and how you're kind of helping other people at Google and outside of Google is great. So well done and, and keep on doing it. Thanks, Thank you dude. very much for having me. <laughs> Really My pleasure, dude. It. And um, let's hope we can uh, see each other uh, in the not too distant future. Let's do it, dude. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Mindful Fire podcast. If you got value from today's episode, please hit subscribe on the podcast player you're listening to this on or on YouTube if you're watching it on YouTube. This just lets the platforms know that you're getting value from the episodes and you want to be here when we produce additional content. If you're enjoying the show, I'd really appreciate if you could leave me a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. This will help more people find the message of mindfulness and financial independence. And if you'd like to join our email list and be notified each time I release a new episode, please do so at mindfulfire.org. Thanks so much, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.